stones, that we are alive in Christ. And we are reminded by this that men are dead in sin. All around us we have the walking dead. Men and women who have rejected Jesus Christ as Savior are in that position where they're going to be crushed, as we thought about in coming to the table, that the stone that causes them to stumble will fall upon them and crush them. Their sin is death. And remember that death is the consequence of sin. And the second death of rejection of God's only Savior. So it is against the backdrop of the death that is all around us. Indeed, we could say the backdrop of our own being dead in sin, that we come to rejoice in this this evening and to give thanks to God that we, having had our eyes open to Jesus Christ as the Messiah whose blood was shed for us, we are in Him also living stones. What a joy that it is in Christ. We are alive to the glory of his name. We have life. Life that Peter calls living stones. And he also goes on to speak about us being built into a spiritual house. And so, I want to reflect upon that this evening. First of all, to think more fully of this. That in Christ we have life. What a privilege it is to be alive. Not just to be alive in this world and to have the physical life that we all are to enjoy, but to have true life, to be alive to God and to know eternal things and to know that forever and ever into all eternity we are alive with God. There are many people around us who are alive physically. They go about their business as we do. They can talk and they're alive. And yet, they're not alive to God. Because life only comes to those who are connected to Jesus Christ. And we need to be absolutely clear that we are only here and only alive in Christ because of that faith that God has granted to us. There is no other way to this life. And we have been thinking about Jesus Christ today as our Savior. We, you must be utterly dependent on Him. He defeated death. He rose from the grave. He is the first fruits that He might bring you and me and all who believe to God. Sometimes we might look at someone We are concerned about their spiritual well-being. Maybe it's someone who has made a profession of faith and we wonder what's wrong because they're not showing any zeal or love or there's a coldness. They may even be attending worship but somehow you just get the feeling that they're just about there in body. You begin to ask, what is wrong with such a person? Where is the life in them? And the truth is that when you examine their lives, you will discover that they have stopped reading the Scripture. That their connection with their Savior has been 
uh, broken practically, that it is it almost dead. They're becoming cold and lifeless because they are not dwelling in Jesus. They're not using what we call the means of grace, the Scripture, the meeting together for prayer and Bible study, the worship of God, to keep alive their spiritual fervor, to keep before them the glory of Jesus Christ. And if they're outside of Him, they are dying. What a joy it is, however, that if they have truly been in Christ, that He does not snuff out the smoldering wick, nor the smoldering reed. We're told in Scripture that rather it is God who will fan again into flame those embers, albeit they may be dying and even hard to see. But there's just that little curl of smoke rising from that that dead wood that seems to be almost extinguished. And it is God who will fan it into flame. And when we know of people like that, it is our concern for them and we ought to pray that God will again fan into flame and into life, their life in Christ by restoring them to the means of grace. Bringing them again to their knees to pray and delight in Jesus as Lord. I wonder, could that have been your experience recently or maybe even in coming up to this time of communion that maybe we're getting away from Jesus. You were not vitally connected to Him. You may have been a living stone, but you're growing ever colder, like that coal that falls out of the fire when it's not in the midst and keeping and being helped to burn, dies. Well, I pray that we will have found into new life the flame of Christ and the life that is in you in Him. And if it is that there are any who are dead still because they have never been in Christ, I want just to say to you, if you're outside of Jesus, you are dead and you're going to die a second death when you go to the grave unless you repent and believe in Him because He is the only one in whom there is life eternal. And so that's the first thing we know, that you're only going to be alive, truly, according to the ways of God, if you come and are rejoicing and keeping a close connection to Jesus. So maintain your relationship with Him. Work at it. Don't let it slip. Secondly, as we think about being alive in Jesus, we want to note that in Christ, we are being built Together, we are being constructed. We're very familiar with building site uh, at this property over the past months, both beside us and our own work. We know what it is to be building, and we know uh, how the builders may have taken the blocks and chipped bits off and cut them to the right size to complete a wall and all the other bits. And the same was true in the building of the Old Testament. Think of Solomon's temple and how they went to the quarry and they dressed those stones so that those great blocks, you can still see when you go to Jerusalem, those massive stones, uh, huge blocks, cut out of the rock, chiseled 
uh, so that they were square, worked on, so that they could be brought and placed into the right place in that building. And as we thought about this morning, the choosing of the stones to fit in each particular place. Well, friends, we are being built as living stones into a building together, into the kingdom of God. And just as those physical blocks of rock had to be hammered and chiseled and shaped, that is what Christ is doing in you. And sometimes he uses what we find difficult. Maybe those things that we come across we'd rather not face. The hard things of life. But they are there. They are shaping you. In the midst of the trials. In the midst of the illness or the pain or the the sorrows. You cannot see the master's hammer. You're simply caught up in all that's going on. But... Somehow afterwards you look back and you say, God used that to bring me closer to him. And we are being shaped and chiseled and worked on as his people to be built into his kingdom. We are to be built into the church, the temple of God, whose builder and architect is God. And we are being worked on for that very purpose. Perhaps... Some of us need more work than others, we might think, but all of us are under God's care and direction. And he takes each one of us with our different demeanors and personalities and he uses us for the building work which he is doing. And it needs to be said that each one of us has a part to play. Not one of us can say that we're going to be left out of the building. If God has called you, he is using you or he is building you together. If there's a stone missing from the wall, the damp will get in, it will certainly not be right. If there's a gap in the kingdom because you're not doing your part, well that's not right either. And it will be noticeable. And it will cause difficulties. We are all together being built into a spiritual house and each and every one has a part to play. And each and every one has a different part to play. And if you're not playing your part, if you're not stepping up to do what the Lord calls you to do in his kingdom, then there's a gap, a lack And perhaps the other stones are trying to fill the gap, but they just can't. So the challenge is, are you playing your part? Are you allowing Jesus Christ, the living stone, to take you as a living stone and and make you the person he wants you to be and use you in the place he wants to use you? Or are you rejecting God's chiseling, God's hand upon you, See, we all have things in our lives that mar our witness. And he does come. And just as in that great block, there may be a knob of rock sticking out and it has to be chiseled off. So our sin sticks out and is bringing disrepute to our own lives, to the life of Christ. And he chisels to make us better so that our witness will be better. So we fit together in the building. Know together that as living stones we are being built into a spiritual house and we all need one another. 
We are all utterly dependent on Jesus Christ. But just as any house, any building, all the bricks are important, so we all need each other. We are not to look down on someone because they are not able to do what others can do. It doesn't matter whether uh, you are simply doing a more uh, practical work. Sometimes the practical things that go unnoticed. If you are doing what the Lord has called and gifted you to do in the work of his kingdom. That's what God wants from you. Others are called to speak. Others are called to other aspects of the work. But every single one doing what God has given you gifts to do is vital. Whether that's working with the children or dealing with the older members or simply coming together in a practical way. God is building us as living stones into his kingdom. and We must be built together. There must be a unity. You can't build a house unless it all comes together as one. And the church is surely to be one. We thought about that on previous occasions, the unity that is to be among us as we strive for the glory of God. And if anyone is uh, out of step, then that brings the whole reputation of the kingdom of the church into question. We must strive to support one another, to work one another, to appreciate each other, and to glorify God. This is what Peter writes when he says of this building, you also like living stones, are being built into a spiritual house. Are you playing your part? Are you ready to strive together to build this kingdom and this place for his glory? But then the third aspect of living stones is this, that we are in Christ, we have a priesthood. And this is a staggering thought for people who in sin were far from God. It is absolutely amazing that Christ should call you who once were far off in your own selfish ways and following the the pattern of your own life. And now he calls you a holy priesthood. I cannot read those words later in this chapter when he speaks about you, a chosen people, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, without thinking, that is staggering stuff. That sinful, godless people should be taken out of the muck of the world and made into a holy, chosen, royal priesthood. What an amazing thing to be a living stone in the hand of God and more than that, to be a priesthood. What does that mean? Well, it means we have a service to offer. This is a word that was from the Old Testament. The people of Israel, they they were spoken to that if they would obey him fully and keep his covenant as a nation, then they will be treasured by God And in Exodus 19, verse 6, he says, You will be for me a kingdom of priests and a holy nation. A kingdom of priests, in other words, a people who will take and represent God to others. And they were to be as a nation representing God to others. And friends, that's our priesthood. Even today we are representing God to others. Representing Christ to others. 
What a huge privilege that he gives me, that he gives you to go out into the world and say, here's, where God, here's God. I represent him. And there again, we are challenged that if we are not right with God, we're not going to be able to represent him as we should. If we are blemished, if we fall into sin, remember that will reflect not only on yourself and your own priesthood, as it were. Reflects on the whole body of Christ, of which you are part, of which you are being built, to the glory of his name. But we have been given a priesthood, and we are to glorify God. You and I should never underestimate the huge privilege it is to be part of the work of his kingdom. We associate priests, of course, with the offering of sacrifices. And that's the fourth matter we want to just note here. In Christ, we offer acceptable sacrifices. And just note what is said in Peter. He goes on there, built into a spiritual house to be a holy priesthood, offering spiritual sacrifices acceptable to God through Jesus Christ. You are a living stone. You're a priest. You can offer sacrifices to God, but they must be through Jesus Christ. That's the problem some in our world, some even within the broad context of what we call Christianity today, they come to God and they offer what they think are their sacrifices, but it's what they think is pleasing to God. It is all of themselves, and they don't come offering through Jesus Christ. They think that by offering things to God in their own way, they will find acceptance with God, but the only acceptable sacrifice must be brought through absolute faith in Jesus. It is through Jesus Christ that any sacrifice you or I can bring will be found worthy. What were the sacrifices of the Old Testament to be? They were to be unblemished sacrifices. The lamb or the goat or the bull that was to be brought, they were to be brought before God in a right manner. And the Israelites were criticized for offering sacrifices without a right heart. In other words, they weren't coming to God in God's way with a, a real desire for God. They were unacceptable because it was all of the man. No, only the perfect lamb was acceptable and that only when the heart was also right when it was committed to God and seeking His will. And so you and I are to come to God with right sacrifices. And so that shows us we should not come to God. We, we cannot come to God in a slovenly slapdash manner thinking it doesn't really matter. We are to come to before God conscious of our weakness rejoicing that our Savior forgives, but we're to come dependent utterly on Jesus. And we are to do that with whatever sacrifice you bring. As a living stone, we can bring 
acceptable sacrifices because we are in and alive in Christ. What are we to bring? Well, we sacrifice of ourselves. We give ourselves to God. In a sense, this isn't really a sacrifice. Some people think that they lose, that if we're going to commit to Jesus Christ, they'll lose out, they'll miss all what the world calls fun and all the, the things that go with that. But let the world reap its reward and they will have it, but it will be short-lived. But if we are ready to give ourselves to God, that's not really a sacrifice because the treasures and the benefits of being in Christ are beyond measure. To have a home in heaven and all that goes with that is a tremendous blessing. So we offer ourselves through Christ. We can offer the sacrifice of our praise. The Bible speaks to us of the praise, the sacrifice of praise. And we are to bring this to God in the right way. We seek to do that to the best of our ability. You may not be the most musical. However, all of us have some ability to bring praise, to open our mouths. I never forget the late Kathleen Wright when we were at college and she came to teach us to sing, don't tell me you can't sing. She said, you can, all, you can all make an effort to sing. You can all do something. And if you have any ability at all, we are all to bring the sacrifice of praise. We are all to do what we can and offer to God, opening our mouths. But we must do so also with thoughtfulness, remembering that the words we sing are to the glory of God. We hold this part of worship in the highest regard, bringing to God what is ordained in the Psalms. But you know, if your mind isn't on it, you could be singing anything. It will not be acceptable to God. And I would encourage you when we sing his praise to think about the words, to let that be a word that ministers to you, that we are actually speaking to one another as we sing the psalms and speaking to our own souls. A sacrifice of praise delights our Lord when it comes from a heart that is engaged with Him. Of course, we can offer our gifts as spiritual sacrifices. Your gifts may be practical. They may come in all kinds of shapes. But if you give those gifts to God to do His work, to keep the work of His kingdom going, what a blessing if you're saying, Jesus, I want to serve you. We think of people who go on the relief team. They're taking practical gifts. They're using them for the benefit of the kingdom in another place. That should be happening at home as well, among the people of God. And I know it does. And I just want to encourage you, keep on giving sacrifice. You're a living stone. You're working together to build the kingdom there is, of course, the sacrifice of the gifts of our finance to support the work of time that is needed in the midst of busy schedules that we might even pray together for God's glory to help with our youth organization, whatever it may be. There are so many things that as living stones we offer acceptable sacrifices to God, all that our Savior, who we delight in, whose blood was shed for us, 
might be exalted. You know, we do generally think of sacrifice meaning that we, we, we sort of lose something. That we're giving something up. But the more we give to God, the more we gain. We never feel we'll lose. Remember how Jesus spoke. He said, if you leave father and mother and brothers for my sake, I will grant you far more. You will find fathers and mothers and brothers in abundance among the people of God. And so let us delight as living stones in Jesus Christ to offer ourselves, all of ourselves, as, as acceptable sacrifices through Jesus to the kingdom and to the work that he has given us to do. And then lastly, I want to reflect on this, that in Christ we are to live, and this may be encompass everything again, but I was just struck as I was reading this portion of those verses that come down in this chapter uh, from verse, twi- verse 12. Live such good lives among the pagans that they may accuse you of doing, though they accuse you of doing wrong, they may see your good deeds and glorify God. And really this is, if you like, the, the thing that we are getting at, that in thanksgiving to God for what Jesus Christ has done, as living stones, we are to live for him. We are to live in him every day. Live those good lives. And be assured that today you're going to be challenged. You're going to go out into the world and they will say, why are you doing this? Why are you not joining with us in our melee of sin? Of course, they won't call it sin, but you know what I mean. The pagan world wants to, will dishonor Jesus. Does your life stand out? Are you going to live for Jesus in the face of people who oppose that? Are you going to stand up for the rights of Jesus Christ and the rights of the, the, the unborn and the right of God to, to tell us what marriage is in this day? We have to live for Jesus. That's what we must go out. We have taken our vows today. We have said we will live a life consistent with the profession we have made. And this is simply what it's saying. It is saying in Christ we are to live. Letting him dictate the way ahead. Letting him guide and direct us. Letting him show us what is right and wrong. And being all the time conscious that the world is trying to take us in a different direction. The world is trying to lead us down some broad road that leads to destruction. But narrow is the way of the road of life. And some people might think we are narrow-minded and fundamental in all the other terms. But if we're living for Jesus Christ as Lord, it doesn't matter what they think. Because though they accuse you of doing wrong, Peter says, they will see your good deeds. And for some of them, it will mean life because they will repent of their own sin and desire to follow the Savior. Friends, may we be living stones in this day and bring glory to our God. We pray that over this communion you will be encouraged and helped.
at our preparation service, we thought about the rejected stone. Make no mistake, if we reject Jesus, there is no hope. But we who love him this morning found him to be the cornerstone, that chosen precious stone who gave himself for us. As we came to the table, we noted that he is a stone that causes people to stumble. And when he falls, when that stone falls on them, he crushes them. Unless you're softened of heart and brought to saving faith. Then at the table, Jesus, the living stone. And that has led us to think about our lives this evening. Living stones in Christ to bring to him acceptable sacrifices and to be built into the kingdom that he is building. And that's his purpose. That he might present to the Father a kingdom of priests, a holy people, glorifying God and honoring his name. Let's continue the work of the kingdom by his strength. Amen. We are going to conclude as we do. So we'll sing from the Psalm 72, Psalm 72, 12 to 16 in the tune is credit in number 70. These great words at the end that speak of our King and how he must continue to be made known. Psalm 72. I'm going to sing from stanza 12 to the end of the Psalm, the tune is 70. Uh, and they, may there be within the land abundance then of grain. On tops of mountains may its fruit there wave like Lebanon in the barren places. And sometimes we think we're in a barren place. May the word bear its fruit. And may those from the city too then flourishing be found. May they be like the grass that grows upon the ground. And right through to the end, blessed be his glorious name. Psalm 72, 12 to 16. Tune is 70. Let us praise God. And may there be within the land abundance then of grain on tops of mountains may its fruit there wave like Lebanon and may Oh
Let us pray. Gracious Heavenly Father, you have blessed us in your word. You've opened up our, way, our hearts again to the truth that Jesus Christ is Lord and Messiah, who gave himself on the cross, who shed his blood that we might have life. And Father, we rejoice again in the privilege of coming around the Lord's table this morning, and we thank you for the, for the blessings received through your word. And even this evening, we thank you for the challenge given that we might go out into the world to be living stones. You are working on us. You are building us into your kingdom. We have a work to do ourselves as priests to bring uh, offering sacrifices to you that we might be doing the work through Jesus Christ. But Lord, help us simply to live for him every day, every decision, every where we are, that we would honor his name. So, Lord, go before us. Empower us. We depend upon you. Keep us alive in Christ. May we never grow away from him, but ever nearer to him, that the flames of our faith will grow stronger. So, gracious God, may this season have been a blessing and continue with us in the days to come. For we ask it in Jesus' name. Now may the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ the love of God the Father, the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with God's people now and always. Amen.